Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Family of God, I understand that in this term we have been laboring on a theme, grace and truth. Am I right? Somebody say grace and truth. And my prayer, even as we go into the festive seasons, if there is a season that must amplify grace, it is this season called Christmas. We must not get caught up in the decorations, in the gifts, and in the world's view of what Christmas is. We must remind ourselves that Christmas season is a season where grace was personified, where grace was revealed. So as much as we'll go and have fun with our family and our friends, let Jesus be at the center of that. Amen. And this morning, I would like to use as our subject, laboring under the same theme of grace and truth, the trace of grace. The trace of grace. And we will read the word of God from the book of Psalms 139, from verse 13. If you will just follow with me from the book of Psalms 139. And verse 13, I'll be reading this one from the Passion Translation, TPT. It reads as follows. You formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside and wove them all together in my mother's womb. Verse 15, you even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place carefully skillfully you shaped me from nothing to something it is important for us to realize that as much as God spoke light into being as much as God with his word separated water from the ground when it came to him forming you He was intricate and delicate. When God put the stars where to stand and the moon where to be, he spoke it. He exclusively created the heavens and the earth. But when it came to him forming you and I, the Bible says he was delicate. He was intricate. He was specific. When God formed you, he did not freestyle. When God formed you, he was not doing it by chance. But he took time. The Bible says in the secret place, he skillfully and wonderfully wove you together. He knit you together. And how many of you know that in the process of knitting, you have to follow the trace. In the process of weaving a cloth, You have to follow a trace. You have to connect the dots to eventually get to the final product you want. And that's how God approached forming us. But that's not where it ends. In the same breath and in the same vein, when God brought your calling and your purpose, he used the same detail. 
He was intricate and delicate. When it comes to your calling, when it comes to your purpose, when it comes to your destiny, when it comes to your business or your career, God does not just speak things into existence. He intricately designs your life. And you must know this morning that your life is not by default. Your life is by design. Because the word of God says, the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. I always say, it's not the sprints. God is not rushing anywhere. God is not in a hurry. Especially knowing that our God is a builder. He orders our steps. Because God is into the specifics of our destiny. And that's what I call the trace of grace. The trace of grace is when God connects the dots. It is when everything else in life is complex. But God finds a way around your life to bring every piece together. Because he's in the small details. Remember when Jesus performed the miracle and 5,000 women and multitudes were fed? The Bible says there were leftovers. Jesus did not leave those crumbs. Jesus did not leave those leftovers to waste. He said, go collect the leftovers. Go collect those crumbs. Go collect those small pieces. Because from them I will fill up 12 baskets. And 12 is a number of government. From the very small, intricate, insignificant details, God brings baskets of government. And what this means for you and I is that when we approach life, we cannot freestyle. When we approach life, when we approach marriage, we cannot leave it to chance. I love my wife and she loves me. But if we don't focus on the intricate things, our marriage won't work. It is, you know, many a times we think it's the grandiose standards that makes marriage work or that makes business work. Little do we know that it's the small details, the small disciplined details that bring about the big picture, the trace of grace. The Lord was intentional. He knit us together, intertwining every piece to bring about one full picture. The, the trace of grace is when God makes all things work together for your good. That's a process of trace of grace. A trace of grace creates a thread for destiny. Just like that, God knits our lives, callings, purposes, destinies with times, seasons, moments, people, experiences to fully produce a grand picture. Can I just say this, family? While in life there are fair coincidences, how many of us know that life, sometimes you are too spiritual to say, I don't live by coincidences. But I remember just not long, we went to a wedding and my wife happened to wear the same attire with one other lady. I'm not sure if that was a coincidence or an accident for them. 
but it's a life's fair coincidence. They are such coincidences in life where you happen to meet someone after a long time at a very unusual place. Those are fair coincidences. But when it comes to destiny, when it comes to purpose, when it comes to your calling, God does not leave that to chance and coincidences. God brings that to the trace of grace. He doesn't leave it to chance. Our life does not happen by happenstance. When God created the world, He spoke things to being. But when He formed you, He skillfully formed you. So we cannot live life with wishful thinking. We cannot, I always say this, that hope is a virtue, not a strategy. Hope is a good virtue to have. But you must be intentional with your life. You must be intentional with every decision you make every day. Are we together, family of God? So we don't live our lives from coincidences or happenstance. Nothing just happens. Maybe you're asking, what does trace mean? A trace can be defined as a sequence of events or the course along which something moves or progresses. So a trace involves episodes of your life's experiences. And when we come to God, when we come to Christ, we understand that nothing just happens. Nothing is just haphazard. Nothing is just a coincidence, particularly when it comes to our lives and our destinies. Is that it's a trace that is defined by sequence of events. It's going to make sense as we move. As we talk about the trace approaching Christmas, there are three prophecies that came about Jesus. One of the prophecies Hosea made is that Jesus will be born from Bethlehem. And Micah brings another prophecy. That's your son, Pastor G. Micah makes the same prophecy about the same person, Jesus. He says, out of Egypt will come forth a son. And the other prophecy is that he will be called Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So here we have the same subject, but different time frames, spaces, and prophecies. Bethlehem, Egypt, and what else? And Nazareth. So when we look at that, those prophecies, they are very complex. You and I, from where we are sitting, we cannot connect the dots. How he will be born in Bethlehem and how he will come out of Egypt as a son and how he will be called Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's a complex situation. But the trace of grace knows how to connect the dots. Right now your life might be as complex as that.
whereby you have a God-given dream in your life, but the opposition, the mountains, the challenges, the betrayal and the rejection that you are facing, your life's experience is not revealing the dream that's in your heart. It is not for you to work it out. It's for you to surrender to the trace of grace, to say, God, you have put it in our hearts. You have promised it unto us. You have prophesied destiny unto our lives. We don't know how this will end add up. We don't know how Bethlehem will connect with my Egypt. I may not know how my Egypt will connect with my Nazareth, but I know that the God of all grace will bring a trace that will connect everything together. And at the end of the day, I will live in the fulfillment of my destiny because I surrendered to the trace of grace. Oftentimes when God puts a prophecy, a dream, or a promise in our lives, we want to be God and God the dream by trying to create our own trace. But your reality and God's dream for your life is a complex issue. Think about Joseph at the age of 17. Do we have young people this morning? At the age of 17, Joseph has a dream of being a prime leader. But right after that dream, he's sent as a slave to the house of Potiphar. He is sent to prison. He is betrayed by his brothers. You look at it, you like, but the dream says I'm going to be king. The dream says I'm going to be ruler. But here I am being sold as a slave. Here I am, my brothers are betraying me. Here I am, I am a prisoner. How will this come about? It's a complex situation. You just have to leave it to the trace of grace. Say, I don't know how, but I know that I'll get there. The trace. Somebody say, God has a trace for my life. I'm not leaving my life to chance. I'm leaving it to the trace of grace. Back to Egypt, Bethlehem, and Nazareth. Let's open our Bibles in the book of Matthew 2. I'm reading from the NK James Version. Matthew 2 verse 5. We see the fulfillment of prophecies taking place. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, For thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people. So Matthew 2 records the fulfillment of that prophecy that was made by prophet Hosea. Where Jesus was eventually born, we see the first prophecy fulfilled. Verse 13. It reads, Matthew 2, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. Why are they fleeing? The Bible says, For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. They are fleeing to Egypt 
Because Herod will seek this child who is born in Bethlehem. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled. I love that part which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, out of Egypt, I called my son. The first expression of the trace of grace is that the trace of grace manifests itself in relationships. One of the things that God uses in knitting your destiny together is relationships. Jesus was born as God. He was not conceived by Joseph and Mary, but it was Mary and the Holy Spirit. But God saw it fit to put Jesus in a fostering family. Because Mary and Joseph are the trace of grace that would lead Jesus to the fulfillment of prophecy. So relationships have to be divine. Friendships need to be God-orientated. Your social life has to be God-censored because that's where destiny is knit together. I believe that even as God brought you to build us church, He did not bring you to build us church just to have a hobby on Sunday. But He brought you just like Jesus in the care of Joseph and Mary to say at your tender age, they will foster your calling to realize your destiny. Jesus, as much as he was a son of God, was not in the hands of God. He was in the hands of Joseph and Mary. When God calls you into a spiritual home and connects you to spiritual parents, he's not just giving authority over you, but he's saying your destiny needs fostering. Your calling needs a grace to protect it. Your calling needs a grace to preserve it. Because when Herod heard that Jesus is born, the angel did not speak to Jesus, the son of God. Jesus, the babe, did not know that Herod wants to kill him. You see, there are certain things we do not know about our calling. But God does. And when God puts you into relationships that are divine, it is not just for entertainment. Friendships are not just for entertainment. They are for destiny. When they heard that Herod wants to kill Jesus, the angel came to Mary and Joseph and said, move him away. Mary and Joseph protected the destiny of Jesus. So if you're going to realize your destiny, what God brings is a trace of relationships. In life, there are some people you've met and you do not know how and why you've met them. But it's God connecting the dots for your destiny. I remember the first time going into Pastor Jacob's office. I was just going there to meet the man. Because I was just seeing how great Builders Church is. I just loved the vision of Builders Church. And I'm like, that's the type of church I want to build. I was just coming for a coffee to get few nuggets on how to do it. After I left that meeting, I wrestled with my spirit for two weeks. Because here's the thing, I have my biological parents who are also my spiritual parents. And one thing I did not want to do when 
the call of submitting into their lives was there, was to denounce my parents calling over my life. And I prayed, I asked for wisdom. And little did I know that my dad also was in the same vision to say, man, the landscape of ministry is changing. How we used to do church is different from how church is being done. Find someone who can hold your hand and carry you in this generation. It's, it's the trace of grace. And can I tell you, the guy who took me to Pastor Jacob's office, that day was the first day and the last day we ever spoke. I can't say that's a coincidence. It's grace. When God saw my calling and he saw the type of ministry I want to build, he said, I'm connecting you to this grace. What you must do after I've exposed and opened the door is for you to follow the trace with humility and submission. Destiny is not only made by prayer. Because Jesus being the son of God was protected not by prayer, but by Mary and Joseph. The value of relationships. Vet your relationships. Are your in relationships entertainment or are they an investment to your destiny? And I'm not saying we can't have a social life. I'm planning to have coffee with Pastor Goodwill. And just talk about everything else. But I know that he has my heart as a friend. The value of relationships. They carry the trace of grace. But it's not only relationships that are favorable to us. That bring about destiny. It is relationships that offend us. It is relationships that challenge us. That will bring us. Joseph's brothers were still his brothers. And that was the relationship that was key. As much as they sabotaged him, that relationship was key for Joseph to reach his destiny. Amen. I don't want to talk about choosing the right one to marry. Because there's Yakal. But marriage is a destiny arrangement. That's the first trace of grace. And the Bible says, verse 13, I want to read it again. Matthew 2. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Arise, take the young child and his mother. Flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. Verse 15. And was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Help me build this family. How did Jesus end up to Egypt. It was because of Herod. Mary and Joseph had no intention of leaving Bethlehem. They were comfortable. It was their hometown. But now the uncomfortability of Herod seeking to kill Jesus is what made them run away from Bethlehem to Egypt. 
It was Herod who will oppress them. But they shifted Jesus to destiny. Sometimes we are praying away our Herod. We are praying away the oppressor. We are praying away our challenges. We are praying away our pain. Little do we know that it takes a Herod in our lives to push us to Egypt. Had Herod not sought to kill Jesus, they would have remained comfortably in Bethlehem and Egypt would just be a pie in the sky as an unfulfilled prophecy. But when they heard that that Herod is seeking for Jesus. They pushed him away. They pushed him to prophecy. They pushed him to promise. They pushed him to destiny. And that's how Jesus got to Egypt. This morning, I want to encourage you. Your problem may be painful, but don't pray it away until it pushes you to your destiny. Don't pray away your challenges until they bring you to the place of your potential. Don't pray away your Herod. Jesus needed a Herod. Jesus needed pain. Jesus needed oppression. Your destiny needs challenges. Because if all you have is Joseph and Mary, you will be comfortable in the manger and yet dying from your potential. You need something that will push you out of your manger and take you to the place of uncomfortability. And that comes in the personality of Herod. So the rejection you're experiencing is not trauma, it's redirection. The setback you're experiencing, the betrayal you're experiencing, it's there to build you to your Egypt. Because the prophecy was made that out of Egypt will come forth a son. So until Jesus was in Egypt, prophecy would have remained unfulfilled. Many of us, we want God to take out the thorn. But he says, I'm giving you more grace. Because more grace makes you strong. Meanwhile, you are praying for comfort. God is praying, is giving us courage. You see, your calling does not need comfort. It needs courage. Because thorns will be there. Somebody say, I love my Herod. I love my enemies. <laughs> I love my enemies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't block them yet. Don't block them from viewing your status yet. Because they have to see the fulfillment of your prophecy. The problem is you are blue ticking your enemies too soon. And you wonder why your table is so small. Because he prepares a table in the presence. Okay, far. We have to deal. We have to accept Herod in our lives. We have to accept the Herodic situations in our lives. To bring us about the fulfillment of prophecy. You know, I'm, I'm startled by this revelation. Where Jesus, at some point, he called Peter, who loved him, devil. And he called Judas, who betrayed him, friend. Because Peter, as a friend, loved Jesus enough to protect him from the cross. 
spoiling the destiny of God. You see, some I love yous are toxic to your destiny. Some I love yous may keep you nice and warm, but miss out on your cross. That's why at that moment, Jesus said, Peter, yes, I love you. You are my friend. But because you want to stop this process of me fulfilling my prophecy of the cross, allow me to call you devil. Because you are a friend who is bringing comfort and not taking me to my calling. And he said, you Judas, you betrayed me. I see you are giving me a kiss. It looks good, but it's betrayer. But I need that betrayer. Because without the betrayer, who will hand me over? Who will hand me over? So Judas, my betrayer, right now allow me to call you friend. Allow me to call me, to call you Chomi. Skim Sam. Because I need you to be handed over. Because I know Peter who loves me won't hand me over. He will protect me. Remember Peter chopped off people's ears because of Jesus. Friends can do weird things for you in the name of Jesus. A whole okapi, disciple, it's meant for cutting fish. Ah, come on now. He used it on people's ears. But we don't like Judas. We don't like Herod. We don't like pain. We don't like challenges. We don't like setbacks because they inconvenience us. They inconvenience us, but they are bringing us about our purpose. Are you seeing the trace of grace? How Jesus moved from Bethlehem to Egypt? It wasn't a rosy trace, but it's a trace of grace. It's not a nice journey. It's not lovely circumstances, but it's the trace of grace. Sometimes the trace of grace will take you to unfavorable places. It will cause you to love unfavorable people. It will cause you to forgive people you want to hate for the rest of your life. But, but don't disrupt the trace of grace. Don't disturb the trace of grace for your life. When God says forgive, it's hard. Especially if you've been hurt. Especially if you've had traumatic experiences. And God takes you to that place to forgive. You can spoil the trace of grace by your bitterness. Out of Egypt will come forth my son. I may not understand it, but it's a trace of grace. I may not love it, but it's a trace of grace. It may be uncomfortable, but it's my trace of grace. It's knitting my destiny together. It's where God says all things work together. The good, bad, and the ugly, they are a trace to bring about my good purpose. You know, I was, I was watching my aunt bake cake the other time. There were two ingredients that, that on, on their own, they are such a contrast. They were sugar and salt. And when I look at it, have you tasted sugar on its own and salt on its own? Ah, it's bad. Well, sugar is nice, but salt is bad. But when you mix them together, 
when you knit them together, when you bring them together, and God will use complex things in your life, abstract things, contrast things, to bring about your destiny. So don't only love Bethlehem. Desire to move to Egypt. And whoever moves you to Egypt or whatever moves you to Egypt, allow it to carry you. Out of Egypt will come forth my son. Now here's the other thing. Is that the trace of grace will put you in a place of process. Somebody say process. Where we have just read, the word of God says that they took the young child Jesus to Egypt. But the prophecy says out of Egypt will come forth who? A son, not a young child. They will take a young child to Egypt. But out of Egypt, the young child will come out as a son. That's a process of maturity. So Egypt was not just a place of escape from Herod. Egypt was a place of making. Egypt was a place of character formation. Egypt was a place of transformation. Egypt was a place where process is taking place. Where Jesus has to learn obedience through the things he suffers. He goes into Egypt as a young child. But he comes out of Egypt as a son. Isaiah 9 verse 6 says, Unto us a child is born, and nothing is said about a child. Then they are, they are making the house dirty. They are clingy. You can't say much about the child. That's why Isaiah 9 verse 6 says, Unto us a child is born. And then there is a full stop. Because what can you say about a child? But the Bible says, Unto us a son is what? given. They are given because they are processed. They are given because they are formed. They are given because they have matured. They might have been born as a child, but they are given as a son. But listen, it does not only end there. It says, and the government shall rest on his shoulders, not on the shoulders of a child, because they do not have capacity to carry the destiny of God. The government rests upon the shoulders of a son not a child but in order to be a son you need Egypt to process you you need Egypt to form your character you need Egypt to come into your weird habits and change it because our heart is wicked we need Egypt to form us because we go into Egypt as a young child but the trace of grace. Because now Jesus was not only born as a son of God. He was born as a king. And only a king can carry the government. And in order for him to carry the government, he must grow from being a boy in a little manger to being a son. And Egypt was a space or a trace of grace to process him. What, what do we do with the Egypt areas in our lives? You see, a household of faith, it is where we are formed. A spiritual home, it's where character is tested. 
is just that the modern church is too soft. We love coffees. We are a community. It's church. It's nice. Until we confront an area of sin in your life. Like now they are coming too much. Why? It's because we don't like Egypt. We don't want to be formed. We just want to be entertained. We just want to have vibes. Oh, it's beautiful. The builds church. I had coffee. You know what? Young adults connect. Acro branch. It's a vibe. But after the young adults connect, we're going to come back to that young adult and say, how is your sexual purity? And then like the church is intimidating. But it's where Egypt forms us and processes us. Uncomfortable situations. I remember one time, <laughs> Pastor Goodwill knows this experience. So I went to Pastor Jacob with so much vision. I had it all figured out. Sharing vision. And he sat there. You know, I'm thinking I'm sharing the best grand plan ever. He's sitting there and said, I hear you. But in all that you've said, what is the vision? I came with a 10-page slide. Big words, good paragraphs. And he said, but what's the vision? When all is said and done, what's the one thing you want people to walk out with in their lives? He said, look at us. We are a house of his glory, a home for his people. Ultimately, after we've sang songs, after we've hosted, after we've welcomed visitors, we want people to experience a home, a house of his glory and a home for his people. That it's not just a church vibe, but it's a house of his glory. And I had to go back. Because our vision had three paragraphs. And says, when someone is walking away, passing at a glance, can they read your vision? Or do they have to stop? It was me being in Egypt, being cooked. It was not nice. Because my ambitions were crushed. But it's character formation. He came in to Egypt as a young child and left as a son. It's a trace of grace. Sometimes the reason why you must stay in that job and not quit because of your boss, it's because it's not about your boss. It's about your character being enlarged. Again, I speak for my generation, the 30s. Oh, we love modernization in the workplace. You see, if we can, I value mental health, but some things they are not mental health related. They are just you making a decision to be strong, to beef up, and to face the next day. Can I hear amen, young adults? The trace of grace expresses itself in relationships, in pain, and in process. Family of God, when we look at the life of Jesus, nothing in his life happened by accident. Nothing in his life happened by happenstance. Nothing in his life happened by default. When we look at how the prophecies were fulfilled, it's because God was intentional with every episode of his life. The good, the bad, and the ugly. 
but it was for the fulfillment of destiny. It was for the fulfillment of his calling. This morning, Builders Church, under our theme of grace and truth, I just wanted to remind us that God is interested in the delicate steps of your life. That everything that's going round about you is not by default. It's not a coincidence. When you are a child of God, everything is by design. And you must know how to steward the grace of God by not condemning certain things in your life, but understanding that it's a trace for grace. They might have retrenched me from work. It might be painful. I might lose income for some time, but maybe this is bringing me to a place where I formulate a vision for my skill, a vision for my career to build something bigger than myself. It's a trace of grace. When Joseph was betrayed by his brothers, it was painful, but it was a trace of grace. When he was sold to Potiphar's house, it was, he was cheapened. It felt like he's a commodity, but it was a trace of grace. When Potiphar's wife sabotaged Joseph and brought a scandal about him, it was not for his death or defeat. It was a trace of grace because again, had Joseph remained comfortably in the house of Potiphar, he would have been comfortable with being the second person in command. But the wife had to betray Joseph so that Joseph can move away from Potiphar's house to the prison. And the prison that Joseph was moved to, it wasn't just an ordinary prison. It was a prison where palace offenders were kept. So every king who had a servant and offended or made an offense in the kingdom, they were sent to that palace. So it was a palace where there were divine connections a trace of relationships whereby now imagine if joseph had gone to a prison where there are no royalties or people have a connection with that the conversations would be irrelevant but he had to be taken to the prison where the palace members were so he understands the protocol because remember the dream is that he will be king and he interpreted one of the prisoners dream who was later called up to go to the palace. It was not a coincidence. It was a trace of grace by design. Rona, we will curse the brothers of, jo of, of Joseph and said, they are evil, they are betrayers, they are unfaithful. But God worked in their hearts. Because it's God who hardens hearts. For the sake of your destiny. And when Joseph, after interpreting the dream, the prisoner he interpreted the dream for was in the palace. And the king in the palace had a dream and no one to interpret it. Guess who the prisoner recommended? Said, while I was in prison, there was a guy, Joseph. He interpreted my dream and they were true. Maybe we should call him up. But how did he get to that prison? Through Potiphar's wife who betrayed him and sabotaged him. We may call Potiphar's wife evil. We may call her a betrayer. But she was a trace of grace. And when they called Joseph up to say, come and interpret the dream. The dots were connecting. After I interpreted the dream, the king said, man... I can't allow you to go back. I need your grace. I need your gift. I need your excellence. I need your spirit in my household. Be the second man in command. 
And Joseph held the place of influence. But look at the trace. Betrayal from his brother. Betrayal from Potiphar's wife. The prison to the palace. It's a trace of grace. God connecting the dots. And eventually time came later in the future. When now Joseph's brothers were hungry and needed bread. There was famine in the land. When Joseph sees them, because you know when you understand that you are moving, you are being moved by the trace of grace, you have no room for bitterness. You have no room for unforgiveness. Because you know that you are hanging by, many times you say we are hanging by the thread. But when you know that you are hanging by the trace of grace, you don't want to disrupt this grace with your unforgiveness and bitterness. When his brothers came begging for bread, and they were ashamed and condemned. Joseph cheered them up and said, What you had meant for evil, God turned it for my good. I needed your evil to experience the good in my life. And Joseph said a profound statement. He said, It was not you, it was God. Hey, he says, When you betrayed me, it was not you, it was God. <laughs> When you sold me as a slave, it was not you. It was God. When you know that your life is surrendered to the trace of grace, you can be in this confidence that it's not evil, it's not the devil, it's God. It's not for my death, it's not for my defeat, it's God. Let us stand on, my, on our feet. It's God. I'm hanging on the trace of grace. What is the area in your life that's keeping you bitter from hosting the grace of God? Or what is the area in your life that is disrupting the grace of God to connect the dots? You know, the Bible says we should not grieve the Holy Spirit. In the same breath, I want to say, don't put the grace of God in vain by your decisions and your actions. What is it that's disrupting the flow of the trace of grace? Because God wants to connect the dots in your life. Is it unforgiveness? Is it an area in your life that's challenging your faith? What is disrupting the grace factor in your life? I'd like us to surrender that to God this morning. Can we do that? Without coming to the front, you can just pray wherever you are. You know in your heart, you know in your space, you know in your journey, you know on your track, you know on your trace, what is it that's disrupting the grace? Maybe it's some habit that you've been entertaining for some long time. God is saying, surrender it and yield it. Let us pray this morning. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.